When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets class open up your textbooks to boy meets girl meets boy meets world season seven episode 11 chapter titled what a drag i'm alden i'm tanya i'm the boy i'm the girl hi let us spend some time with you uh tanya how have you been um well not particularly wonderful uh my family's nuts but otherwise pretty good (laughs) yeah like it's been a weekend man it's been quite a weekend. Um, yeah, mentally I'm exhausted. Emotionally I am exhausted. And really physically I'm exhausted because I could not go to bed last night until we got caught up on Severance. Yeah, we've been watching Severance and we are caught up to the current extent of the season. But there's one episode left of the season we haven't, and it's not out yet. Yeah. It comes out Friday. Yep. How have you been feeling about severance? I cannot stop thinking about it. Really? I genuinely can't stop thinking about it. And I don't know why, because I feel like the possible conclusions of the season, I have the gist of what what's going on to a point. I don't think we're going to know more about some of the things that we would like to know more about. I don't know that that's the point of the show. So so just a real quick, for those of you who haven't heard about Severance, it's an Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus, Apple mm-hmm. Plus, I don't know, whatever, TV show, um, which we have decided we are in love with all of Apple, apparently, Apple TV. Mm-hmm. And it's it stars Adam Scott, and basically once they, each person works in the building, has a different them- like their brain shuts off when they go into work and becomes their work person. And then when they go home, it shuts off and they become their home person. So they don't know anything that happens at work when they're at home. And when they're at work, they don't know anything about their lives at home. Like they could be in three marriages at a time and would have no idea at work. Like they could be a serial killer and they would have no clue that that is who they are. When they are at work. Yeah. So it raises a lot of interesting thoughts and questions, and there's a lot of mystery to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not as... I, I love it, but I'm not like sitting and thinking about it today the way Tanya is because it feels a lot like Lost to me, um, the show, Lost. And Lost really let me down at the end. And Lost really didn't have any answers prepared for a lot of the mysteries. They kind of made it up as they went. Um, So I worry that this is kind of a a similar situation where it's like, oh, we don't know why that's there, but we'll figure it out by the time we get to an episode where we describe it. I, I don't have those same fears. And I was also let down by Lost. But I think TV has has evolved so much since Lost. Lost kind of started that like episodic uh, mystery where you have all of these like fan theories that people talk about every week at work where they're like, oh, did you watch Lost last night? Or like, I remember listening to Elliot in the morning and every single 
what Thursday morning or whatever morning it was after watching Lost, they had directors and producers and writers for the show on the radio show where they were discussing fan theories and what it might mean for the show. That was special, but it wasn't good. Right. Like, it was intriguing, but it was a cheap show. Mm -hmm. Like, it was not this. Um, The acting was not even close to this. The writing was not even close to this. The directing wasn't even close to this. There wasn't an artistry behind Lost the way that there is with Severance. And I think that when you are making a show that is art, like this one is, there is so much more intention that goes into it than a show like Lost where it's like, okay, we we did it and people are hooked. What do we do next? Yeah. Like this this feels so intentional. It does. It does. And and I'm sure that it's going to have more of a direction to it. But I also get annoyed by the intentional cliffhangers and the intentional like like when they are about to reveal something and then they intentionally block it from view or something so that we are like, no, what is it? Because they're doing like, ugh, like it's, it's that, that does. You hate feeling things. You're ridiculous. No, that's <laughs> not true. No, it just, that, that feels cheap to me. Um, It's, it's one thing if it's not brought up. But when they're bringing it up and intentionally obscuring it from you, the viewer, it feels cheap to me. Like, if there was, like, some super secret reveal, um, and it was, like, never really brought up, and people had all these theories or whatever, but when they're constantly alluding to it, it, it does feel cheaper to me. Because it's like, either show it or don't. Yeah, to a point. I do think that, like, due to, like, the slow burn nature of the show... They could mention something one time and you could have been in that moment getting popcorn from the kitchen and never have heard that. And they never mention it again. And you see something happen and you're like, oh, my God, we discussed outcomes Mm -hmm. based on clues that were dropped in. And for me... It feels exciting. Yeah. And I like that. I liked how on the edge of my seat I was, especially for like the last two episodes that have come out. It was, I was on the edge of my seat. I loved the direction it was going. I loved the twists that they were making. And I loved guessing what could be going on. And and it's fun. And, but the show is is so grim looking that it's also like a stressful fun. And I, I think I really needed it last night. Like I needed the release of being stressed out about something that doesn't actually matter at all. And it, I feel like we're watching it at a perfect time. And I just absolutely love it. I'm being too harsh on it because it, it was it is really good. And there have been a lot of moments where they did it exactly what I'm saying. They're doing it right. Like where where they never really brought it up again. But there was one moment where somebody looked at somebody one way and, and said something kind of weird. And we were like, 
wait a second, does that mean? And then we would try to like plan it out and then ultimately figure out if we were right. And I, that is exactly what I love about the show. Yeah. And it's also, it is, it is such a commentary on work-life balance and capitalism and also like organized religion and cults. It's, so interesting how this one subject which sounds like oh i would love to be able to like go home and forget about work or i would love to be able to go to work and not think about what's going on at home and just focus on work i would love that Mm -hmm. and them going through the actual intricacies of what that truly means And the fact that, like, for work people, that work is their whole life, and there's nothing outside of it. Right. And it it would become like this. It would become cult-like. And it's just, it's so fascinating to me. And the performances are so good. Oh, yeah. Like, Christopher Walken has my heart like in a chokehold with his performance like it it's so good like the whole thing is so good yes. and at first i didn't think it was this good yeah anyway uh i guess we should get into the show because Do we have to um yes i think we have to because that is our podcast so it'd be weird if we didn't yeah um you know what else we watched what do we watch boy meets world season seven episode 11 chapter titled what a drag um, Tanya, go ahead and blur me up. The blur for this episode has almost no bearing on this episode. It has very little bearing on this episode. Corey and Topanga are at odds as they attempt to redecorate the dorm room. Yeah, it, and it re- actually doesn't even describe this B-plot. Yeah. Anyway, this episode was directed by Jody Binstock again, and it was written by Carlos A. Carlos A. Aragon. What a mouthful. All right. Where do we start? Classroom or not? Tanya. Classroom? We are are not in a classroom. No. We're at we're at Chucky's. Yeah. Um, it's late, I guess, late at night, and Jack is there and Eric is there, and Jack is like looking at the door, and like these people just start bringing in like stereo equipment Mm -hmm. and stuff. And Jack is just like, oh my gosh, this is the like secret rave thing that is going around and so they decide like they have to do something about this they can't let this happen so eric calls the police well they're about uh jack is like and that's that's crazy luther and eric is like crazy luther like the stereo salesman like oh great low prices and jack goes no crazy luther like he chewed his brother's fingers off and then they're like oh we got to do something let's call the police they call the police and whip cut to later on the police are there they have crazy luther sort of in custody and eric is like standing there heckling crazy luther he's like yeah that's right we dropped the dime on you we did it we caught you red-handed and jack is like stop stop like he's going to do something bad to us because you did this and eric's like uh no that's why we called the police. Like, we're never going to see him again. And Jack is like, Eric, he's smiling at us right now. Like, he's smiling. And so then they're like, see, they're like quietly discussing the fact that really 
Luther didn't do anything wrong because they called the police before the rave started. And, and, and Chucky's Eric, is a communal space, so they didn't break and enter. So And Eric goes, well, that, that couldn't be true, because if that was true, they'd have to release him. And then the police release him. And then he goes, well, they would have to release all of them. And... The whole group of bad guys comes in the doors. Bad and, guys. <laughs> and stands behind Luther. And um, basically, Luther threatens to kill them, but like not yet. He's like, I'm going to wait until you feel safe and secure in your beds, and I'll strike when you least expect it. Um, so It was a very ridiculous group of angry thugs to be running a rave. Like They were, <laughs> yeah, they were like street... They were they were like street, I don't know, like 1950s West Side Story street dress, yeah. like leather jackets, like Harley Kiner. They were all dressed yeah. like Harley Kiner, but they were all also very pretty. Yeah. And throwing a rave where people love to dance and have a good time together. Yeah. <laughs> I, we're going to do this. We're going to make sure everybody loves each other or else. I don't, I don't understand. Like if. Jack and Eric wanted to throw a rave. They absolutely would. Why did they just decide this time? Like, no, this is not happening. Well, I know. I know why. Bad writing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, now we go to the apartment. Uh, the boys' apartment. Yep. Uh, Sean's standing at the little island table thing making a sandwich because it is officially the boys' apartment. Yep. And Jack walks in. He's like looking around nervously and he's like where's eric did eric come back oh he's too dumb to he's too young and dumb to die and sean's like eric is fine and jack's like oh thank god oh my gosh what a relief and sean's just like what is what is wrong with you and then eric comes out Well, jack is like we need to think of a plan but it's gonna be a smart plan and then eric walks out and eric is dressed as a woman mm-hmm um, and Sean, and he's like, okay, Sean, what do you think? And Sean's like, outfit is a 10. The face is not. Like, the face is ugly. The outfit's great, essentially. And Jack is like, this is a terrible plan. What are you doing? And he says, Eric, why are you wearing a dress? And Eric goes, I am not Eric. And he does like a French accent and says his name is Olga. Which is not a no, French name. he doesn't do French at first. Oh, he doesn't? No, oh, that's right. Like that's German. right. That's right. Um, and he says his name is Olga. And Sean's like, no, this isn't right. Like, you need to find the woman, like, inside Your inner you. woman. And Eric walks up to the mirror and, like, looks longingly at himself in the mirror. And just, like, is completely silent for several seconds. And then he goes, Chantal. Chantal de Bois. I'm very shy. He's like, I'm a little French girl. I'm very shy. And uh, Sean comes over and he's just like, nice to meet you, Chantal. And Jack is like, this is ridiculous. And Eric's like, okay, it's your turn. And Jack is like, no, like I will meet them as a man. I am a man. I will beat them up as a man. Like I will not cower in women's clothing. While they are arguing about this, Eric and, and Jack are getting heated about whether or not Jack should dress up and how stupid it is that Eric is dressed up. Just not mentioned at all is Sean 
who has gotten down on his knees and is fixing Eric's dress for him and is like making sure that everything is evened out. It was it was really sweet. That is so sweet. And uh, Eric is dressed very similarly to Sean mm-hmm. in Chick Like Me, like yeah. a very similar outfit. Yeah. Um, so now we cut to the married dorm. Yes. Corey and Topanga's new dorm room. Yeah, where we immediately see Corey like up on a stepladder painting away. Everything is yellow. And I mean everything. The refrigerator is yellow. All of the cabinets are yellow. There's no trim. Everything is yellow. Like Singing a song to himself about how great yellow is. Which, yellow is great. Sure, yeah. But there needs to be some contrast. Right. But it wasn't terrible. Um, Topanga walks in and she's like, oh, like... You you painted. And he's like, yes, look, don't you love it? It's the same stuff that they used to paint the lines on the street. I got it for $3 a can, just like the guys who paint the lines on the street. And she's just like, oh. And he's like, and I've got other plans, too. And she's like, oh, can we talk about those? He's like, no, I'm going to surprise you. You want to know why? Because when you walked in and saw this apartment after I painted it, I I love the look on your face, and I've never gotten to see that look on your face before, and I just want to see that look on your face all the time, so it's all going to be a surprise. He says, I want to see that look for the rest of my, or I want to see that look for the rest of our lives. And Topanga goes, how long do you think that'll be? <laughs> and uh, Corey goes, no one knows. And he's like, oh, I have to go. Uh, I have to go to Cork World. Yeah, something like that. Cork, yeah, Cork World. Um, they're having a sale or something. Now, I do want to point out what one of the important things that I think was brought up here is Corey saying we were able to get this for three dollars a gallon because this is what the city uses or whatever. Like that was a that was a real moment. Like Mm -hmm. that's the kind of stuff you have to do when you move out for the first time and you are trying to better your lives and you can't afford the the top ultra gloss sherwin williams whatever i mean you have to do that throughout your whole life exactly we have a habitat for humanity store in five minutes away from us right and the amount of things that we have purchased at the habitat for humanity store when we didn't have a way to get a new dryer or yeah. anything like that it saves your life yeah i just to thought, have those resources yeah i thought that was so true to life for just that split second mm-hmm. uh, and i wish it had kind of been addressed but it wasn't um so now we cut back to chucky's where eric is walking in in his dress and and everything and he's like he's like sauntering in he's very sassy and like giggly and clearly and, loving it yeah so so Chantal, like, walks in. She's speaking with her French accent. She's, like, addressing everybody in the room. And then she's like, come on, Lala. Like, this is your, your, uh, what is, what did she say? I don't remember what she she, um, she says, come on. Um, and did you write it down? No. I okay. thought I did. Yeah, she, she calls Lala in. Lala slash Jack. Mm-hmm. And Jack walks in and is angry. Just so mad about this. Also, nowhere near as pretty as Eric. I mean, yeah, I think he looked pretty. Uh, I, You know what I thought? I thought he looked a lot like uh, Nev Campbell. Jack? Yeah. What do you see when you look at people? <laughs> I don't see people well. Do you no. know what Nev Campbell looks like? Yeah. 
I'm gonna. I I I I don't think like he looked like he wasn't. I wasn't like lost for a minute. Like, <laughs> oh, Nev Campbell showed up. Where I thought she was in Scream. No, I just like he could have been a relative of Nev Campbell's. I don't think so, but okay. I think I think I think Lala was not nearly as pretty as Eric. Well, was Lala as Chantal, but. Lala is very uncomfortable, does not want to be doing this. And um, Lala comes over to Chantal and is just like talking like Jack. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, what are we doing here? And and Chantal is in like performance mode mm-hmm. the whole time. Um, and they capture the attention of Luther and his band of rave rave cronies and they come over and of course like Chantal has really no real reason to think like they wouldn't talk to her um they immediately basically say that she's ugly and they immediately say that Lala is beautiful and Chantal is devastated and Lala is terrified yeah, and um, so so Luther says he only want he says I only want to talk to Lala. You get out of here. And Mister Feeney walks over and says, "I actually would like to talk to you, though." And Chantal says, "Monsieur Feeney," but he says it in this like over the top French accent, and it was very funny. And Mister Feeney is like, "What are you doing?" And Mister Feeney says. Oh, double D's. Just like your grades. Yeah. And he says a couple of other things too, but they were very like bad and not Feeny like. Yeah. Um, but Eric starts to get in his feelings. Like he's very upset because he feels Chantal. Well, okay. Yes. Chantal is very in her feelings because she feels like she's ugly and uh no one likes her. Oh. Feeny tells Chantal that she looks like a bison. Hmm. And that is what really tips Chantal over the edge. And um, she goes and sits down at a table and she's just like crying and stuff. And Topanga comes in, kind of bumps Chantal as she's walking by the table. And they start to have a little bit of a conversation um, where she's, Topanga's just like, are you, are you okay? And Chantal's like, no, I'm not okay. Like, I just found out I was ugly. Like, am I ugly? And... Topanga is just like e like makes a face. Um, you, mm. She she does make a face in this part. Yes, definitely. Um, but uh, well, before this though, Corey had come in. Oh, with all the cork stuff. Yeah, yeah. Corey walks in with all of the cork stuff from Cork World. He's like, they were going out of business. Who would have thought? And Topanga's like, yeah, who would have thought? And he was he, like, we could save so much money on coasters because we have a. Court coffee table. table. And Topanga's like, but what if I want coasters? And Corey's like, I got them. <laughs> and I yeah. gotta say, I would not be mad about a bunch of cork things. Like, it's pretty nifty. Okay. Well, let's find out. I'm going to replace our living room with cork stuff. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Then then we go outside where Topanga is and, and Chantal is venting to Topanga. So Topanga does bump into Chantal inside and makes a face. And then later, 
we go to the patio where mm-hmm. Topanga's reading a book. Corey rushes up and he's like, I've done something great. Do you want to come see it? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't really want to come see it. And he's like, no, but you have to. Like, I've worked so hard on it. And she's like, no, no, it's okay. I'm fine right here. I don't have to see anything. Um, And then he, like, rushes off. And then Chantal comes over and is, like, blubbering over the fact that, that she's ugly. And everybody keeps telling her that she's ugly. And she asks Topanga, like, am I ugly? And And Topanga says, like, everybody has something about them. That is good. And um, Topanga goes through this whole reaction, like, with her face where she's just like, oh, I don't, like, I don't know what to say to this girl. Has no idea who this is. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a conversation between Chantal well, yeah, and she's, Topanga. She's straight up. Chantal says, uh, Topanga, what would you do? And Topanga says, do I know you? So, like, yeah. she has no idea. Yeah. And uh, Chantal keeps the conversation going. She's like, you have everything. Like, you're beautiful and you have a husband who loves you. And, like, Topanga's like, yeah, we do love each other. And and Topanga talks to Chantal about the issue with the apartment, too. And and feeling like she can't tell Corey that she doesn't like what he's doing. And Chantal says, like, he loves you so much. You can absolutely tell him. And they have a nice talk. And, um... And Chantal says, you know, Topanga, you're so nice. Thank you so much. And um, Topanga says, like, well, you're really nice, too. I'm really glad that we talked. You have such a beautiful spirit. And Chantal is transformed. She's so happy. Topanga called her beautiful. And it was really sweet. And Topanga says something about how they could be best friends. And Chantal says, no, it's not possible because either I will be back in France or I will be killed by Luther. And Topanga goes, the stereo guy? Mm-hmm. He's like, no. And then the they bite your fingers off guy. And Chantal starts crying, goes in to hug Topanga and go and uh Topanga goes, Au revoir. <laughs> and Eric uh Chantal goes, I-, I don't know what that means, but goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're back at Chucky's again. Lala and Luther are coming in from, I guess, a date. And they sit down on the couch. And you know what? Other than the fact that Lala sounds just like Elmo this entire time, I don't really want to talk about it. You go ahead and take this one. Yeah, this is tough. Um, Basically, Luther starts to imply that he deserves something for buying her shoes and a dinner. Um, Lala says no. Luther says, well, what will it take then? And Lala says a hockey stick and puck and your car. Baseball cleats. And uh, Luther says, well, you're not getting that. And then Lala says, you're not getting this. If I sound unenthused, it's because I am. And I'm just trying to get through this part as quickly as possible. Um, and then he, the guy, so Luther says, well, whatever. I'm just going to go take out my frustration on those two two guys that dropped the dime on us. And Lala says, well, why would you do that? And Luther says, because they uh, made me look stupid in front of my boys. And, sh- and Lala says... Well, you don't want to look... That's the one thing you don't want is you don't want to look stupid in front of your boys? And he says, no. So she calls Chantal over to 
take a picture of them together. And Jack Lala says, close your eyes and pucker up. And then they take a picture of Jack because he takes the wig off and say, if you ever, um, if you ever threaten us or look at us the wrong way, this picture's going on the website. And that was uh, enough for him to decide that he didn't want to beat them up anymore. There was more to it, and it was Glad all... that worked out for them. There Let's go to the next scene. More to it. It was all bad. So now we go back to the dorm room. Um, Topanga's outside the door, and she is kind of rehearsing what she wants to say to Corey when she walks in. Um, she opens the door, and the apartment is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's got blue walls now, but the yellow is still there. There's a yellow couch, which I have to say, I want this couch. Like, I want that yellow couch so bad. Well, this was definitely several hundreds of dollars of renovation. Yeah. Probably was... more. I don't know in 1999 how what the inflation there is, but definitely pushing a thousand bucks. Where did he get this money from? Right. That he didn't have a week ago. Yeah. Um, but it, it looks amazing. And Topanga is so excited. She's just like, this is so beautiful. And Corey says to her, like, I know you didn't like what I was doing, but you have to tell me so that I can stop and correct. Like, if you don't like something, I don't like it either. And Topanga walks into what I guess is the bedroom, which I didn't know they had a bedroom. I thought it was all one mm-hmm. room until this moment. And then there's just like a door in the wall behind the uh, stove. And she's completely quiet. And Corey's going off on this tangent about like, I want to make you happy. I want to surprise you in a good way. And what what makes you happy makes me happy. And if you don't like something, I don't like it either. And she's in there quiet for so long. And then she walks out and she's like, Corey, I hate the mirror above the bed. And he's just like, too bad. Mm-hmm. And now we go to Chucky's. We go to Chucky's where we conclude the story with Eric, uh, Jack, Chantal, and, and Sean. And Jack is like acting ridiculous. And he's like, whoa, going to punch this ball into the corner pocket. And Sean rightfully goes, hey. You're overcompensating. Why are you acting like this? And Jack says that he's a man. I'm a man. I'm going to beat anybody up who looks at me the wrong way. Yeah, he's like threatening people as they walk in the door. And it's like, it is textbook. Like, what would be over the top, like, like, fragility. Yes. And Jack basically makes a comment like, whoa, and we don't have to dressed like that anymore eric walks in the door Well, sean says like i'll bet eric is dealing with this way better than you are yeah and so eric walks in the door as chantal eric is chantal still walks in the door and says like she's like dancing a little bit Mm -hmm. like sauntering and like she's feeling herself yeah and sean says well maybe not so um, well, and, and Jack is like, what are you doing? You don't have to dress like this anymore. And and Chantal is like, I've never felt so alive in my life. And is like, I'm going to be like this forever. And we end on like Jack looking at Chantal like 
she has seven heads. No, we don't. We end on then Chantal seeing a girl that she's into, and she becomes Eric yeah. again and goes, oh, actually, I'm going to go after that. Well, it, he says, he says, uh, or she says at the moment, she's like, you know, being in touch with my, like, femininity is so amazing. Mm-hmm. And then the girl walks by and Eric is just like, actually, I want to be in touch with her femininity. But before that, like, as Chantal is, like, feeling herself, Jack is just appalled. Yeah, there was, there was, that last little three or four seconds was such a perfect encapsulation of everything that was wrong with this episode. Mm -hmm. Like... That line where Chantal is like, oh, I'm so, I've never, she says, I've never felt so alive. And then immediately is like, actually, I'm into that chick. And that was it. Like, mm-hmm. like you ruined that moment of um, lucidity. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Tanya? Yeah. How'd you feel about this episode? I did not like this episode. I really liked the B-plot that was approximately 2.5 minutes of the entire show. Yeah. Um, I really liked what that was for them. And I, again, like third week in a row, Topanga's phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Oh, and she's blonde now. She, her hair's the same color as it was before. Wasn't it lighter this episode? No, but she had it like wavy. Oh. Like it was in that like crimpy wave. Oh. Um. Yeah, no, she, again, like, third week in a row where I'm just like, oh, my gosh, her facial expressions, everything she does, like, so good. So it took everyone else being completely mediocre and the writing to be bad for it to be like, all right, she's thriving. Well, I, so my my theory is is that um, my, my backseat TV, TV watching 20 years late theory is that she... Um, Danielle Fischel knew that the show was ending and was like, I don't want to be typecast as this uptight, annoying person. Mm -hmm. I want to be fun and have fun. I'm just going to do it. Yeah, I think so, too. And she's I have enjoyed her so much. Yeah. Um, We didn't get Rachel this episode. We Mm -hmm. didn't get Angela this episode. Um, wish we had. It would have taken up some more time that was not deserved by the A-plot. Yeah, but at least they weren't there to, like, say something that would ruin our feelings towards them. Uh, yeah. That's true. Um, I mean, Sean, for the, for the most oh, Sean part, was... Sean was great. Yeah. Um, kind of like with Chick Like Me, uh-huh. the his takeaways and the way that he treated the situation was not as toxic as it could have been. Right. Um, but this is dangerous. Yeah, yeah. This episode shouldn't even be up at this point. Yeah. Um, baiting someone. Yeah. With fake gayness. Right. Is disgusting. Mm-hmm. And it's dangerous. Like, these are things that harm people and put them in life or death situations. Right. It's not a joke. And 
while I think anyone can do drag, if if you are a cis hetero male, you can do drag. That's right. fine. The issue is not dressing as a woman. The issue is how you portray yourself in this situation um, and how you carry yourself in multiple situations and while facing people who might not like it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it was bad. Yeah. It was so bad. And it's one of those things where I don't know how to talk about it without absolutely condemning it. Right. Because somehow all of these people took part in this and were okay with getting a paycheck on the backs of actual damaging rhetoric and and acting these parts out like i'm disappointed in the whole crew ultimately i don't remember this and i know other people do because i remember when we did chick like me everyone was like oh well you you know you're right they treated it mostly okay in this episode minus a couple things but man it's bad you know in the final season and I did not remember this at all as a kid or a teenager. And I'm appalled. I didn't want to talk about it. How do you feel about this episode? Yeah, it was terrible. Um, the the Corinne Topanga stuff was great. It was another round of, well, this would have been all avoided if we had just talked about things. Mm-hmm. Like, again, like at the beginning, before Corey got everything he did, talk to Topanga about it. Topanga, once you decide you hate it, Talk to Corey about it. Uh, they eventually come together. Corey realizes without talking because they've spent so much time avoiding talking about their feelings that Corey has started to pick up on the nuance of Topanga going, Ugh. Yep. Um, but there sh- it shouldn't take that. I mean, that's how couples grow together. Well, for sure, but they need to talk. Couples also need to talk. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the the other stuff I don't I don't know what to say. Um, it was wonderful to see Eric embracing that side of himself. Um, and I thought for the most part they handled Eric okay until the end, which literally negated all of the stuff before. Um, Sean was great. Uh, his last line was not. I think he could have said what he meant without saying it the way he did. Um, Jack was fucking gross. Um, Eric and Jack baiting someone by... They're going to make the school think that he's gay? Like, it was bad. Um, And I just think, how many people in 1999... like? Um, 2022 is a different, different landscape. It's still very difficult for for people who are coming to terms with their own personalities and sexuality and whatever. Um, but in 1999, it was much harder. At this point, it's 2000. I'm pretty Uh, sure. No, it's December, December 3rd, 1999. I looked it up. Um, and they... Like, 
in that moment, I mean, I mean, we know we knew people in 1990 who were going through similar struggles. Like seeing this would have been so hurtful to them and their journey. Well, and seeing this was hurtful to them through us. Right. Because we are watching this, laughing at it, pulling jokes from it, and thinking it's all a fun time. It's all a big joke. And none of this is. Right. I think, like, I wanted to make a point to to use Chantal's name and Lala's names because when someone is in drag, like, they are that person. Like, that is important. There's important pieces to all of these puzzles. And and someone's gender identity is not a joke. Right. And it's not... It's not even something to put in a show this way. Right. Like, this isn't a narrative that should be told... Right. by anyone other than the people going through it. And I understand what you're saying about using Chantal and Lala instead as their names, because that's what they want to be known as. And and I also struggle with that in this case, because it was still done as a joke. Um, and, and Jack was fighting against it the whole time. He wasn't Lala. So, I don't know. I, it, like, all in all, overall awful i agree with you like the fact that this is still up like when when there are things being pulled from the internet left and right um how is this still there this is still hurtful this is a thing where when disney plus started right like we we know because we do a podcast about boy meets world interest in boy meets world skyrocketed Mm mm-hmm so many teens are going back and watching this show for the first time in their lives. And then they're getting to this now in 2022. And they are trying to figure out how we, at our generation, was not only okay with this, but made it the most watched TV on cable television. I mean, on, on network television. Like, it it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. And I think this... Unfortunately, like, I am easily turned around on things when they are negative. Mm-hmm. And up until this point, Jack's character was fine. Yeah. I hate him. Yeah. I hate Jack. Like, after this episode, I hate his character well- and I don't think that he would be... he. In the next, you know, however many episodes we have left, which we don't have many, there is no way that his character can be redeemed and I can enjoy him. Well, and it's it's like you're saying, like, there have been several people in my life, life who I have been good friends with, who I have, like, known well, I thought, and thought they were funny and good people and loving people. And then you're alone in a room with them and they say a racial slur or they say a gay slur and then like i remember those moments in time as the last time i cared about that person or like the last time that i thought that that person was actually good in their heart um and obviously it, i i will have a conversation with them and and there are times where people can learn and grow and change but this was that moment for jack where it was like you can't just go back to telling jokes next next week and us think, oh, he's actually a good guy. Remember? 
No, he's a piece of shit. Right. And and even so, in the moment that it was happening, Chantal was like, "What? What are you doing? Like, yeah. what is this? What are you doing?" And and Jack essentially made Chantal an accomplice in a heinous situation. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I was so taken aback by it. I didn't even, I did not want to sit down and record this episode. Yeah. But we did. We did it. Um, but yeah, that's why it was so hard to talk about it. Um, and I, I don't have a lot of time to edit this episode. And I, I don't even know. I I wish this episode was even shorter than it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, like, we are coming from a place where that's not even our experience. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we can't even speak to it in a way that that is completely empathetic because we've gone you know like it's not a true place of empathy it is more of a place of learned empathy learned empathy and and love for so many of our friends and family members yeah and and a place at which we learned a lot like we weren't great right we weren't great when we were Jack and Eric's age. Oh, absolutely. When this episode came on in 1999, I worry about how I, I mean, there's no chance that I took this the same way that I'm taking it now. No, no chance at all. And and there were so many things like this out there. Yeah. And I remember watching the movie Boys Don't Cry for the first time. Uh-huh. Not, I mean, it was not that long after this that yeah. it came out on um, maybe a year or two. Yeah, I think it was 2001, I think, because I worked at the movie theater. Um, and I remember watching it for the first time and, and feeling like I kind of understood why this stuff isn't funny. Yeah. For the first time. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Uh, I remember that movie coming out. I worked at the movie theater. It wasn't a movie I had any interest in seeing, not because of the subject matter or anything, but because I was a dumb teenager and I just wanted to watch stupid comedies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because I worked at the movie theater, you know, you see pe- parts of movies and, and I will never forget seeing different parts of that movie and just thinking like, holy shit, what is wrong with us? Yeah. And it's not even like that movie in particular was great for its time, right. but it's, it wasn't a great movie. Right. It, it did a lot wrong. Yeah. But, you know, luckily, media has sort of grown with us some. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not this anymore. And anything that would be like this now would not be made in a mainstream media company. Yeah. It wouldn't. You know where it would be made? In a conservative company. Oh, yeah. So, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Um, We're done. I have one more thing to say. Oh, we're not done. We're not done. Because one of the implications of what Jack did in the baiting that Mm -hmm. he did is what people use to tell people that there is a gay agenda, Mm -hmm. that they're going to be hurt by the LGBTQ community that right. they're going to be tricked by them, right. that they're going to be um, 
their innocence is going to be stolen by them. They're going to be changed by them. Like this, this episode is so clearly a tool in a situation like that. Like, look, see, like you never know. Right. And it's just that, that hit me really hard. And I just wanted to speak on it really quick. Yeah, I agree. Like from all angles, this is so bad. Um, now are we done? Yeah, so happy Monday, everybody. Happy, <laughs> it's a good day Monday. for we you. Didn't, we didn't choose the episode. Don't blame us. <laughs> um, anything else you want to say before we go? Um, want to say something happy for a Monday? Um, Critical Role has been great lately. We just uh, <laughs> there's been a they just did the EXU episodes. And, I love EXU so much. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh we're getting close to planting season mm-hmm. where we can plant things and they won't get killed by frost so that's really great and we got we got two chickens today yeah that's to great add, things add to our flock <laughs> and they're very cute Caden's teacher was um having to get rid of her farm animals essentially because she wasn't allowed to have them um and she reached out to Caden and was like I know that you really love your animals is there any way that you could take the ones that we have left. Well, it was only two. And so now we have two new chickens and they're very cute. And he has a new bunny and the bunny, we are not sure what the gender is, mm-hmm. um, but they are very cute too. Yep. All right. Um, and I'm playing triangle strategy on switch and it's fantastic. Anyway, that's going to do it for us tonight slash Monday. Uh, thank you for joining us. Wait, 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 wait. Tanya, where can people find us? You can tweet at us on Twitter. I don't know if you really want to this week, but you can tweet at us at BMG and but what? At BMG and BMW. You can email us at BMG and BMW at gmail.com. And you can join our Facebook group. Just type in Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World into the search bar. You'll get approved and then you can chat with us. But again, you might not want to this week. I don't know. This has been Boy Meets Girl. Well, thank you for joining us. <laughs> yes. we. I do thank you for joining us. Um, as negative as we were towards the episode because it was a negative episode. I really do love that yellow couch, though. I really want it. Well, we can't get it. So <laughs> thank you for joining us. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 7, Episode 11. Do good. Class dismissed. <laughs> <laughs>